We've done 70-something episodes of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. And just before we hit record here, we were trying to figure out if we'd ever done an artist who wasn't from an English-speaking country. Yeah. And this is the first time we've actually featured an artist from a country that's not from the UK or from... Um, North America. North America. Yeah. And, uh, well, is Enya from the UK or from Ireland? She's from Ireland. Okay, so UK, Ireland, Canada, United States. I can't believe we haven't done other artists. Oh, I know. I know, right? So, Roxette, coming from Sweden, I'm excited about the this episode and the prospect of doing a, a Scandinavian band. However, I am terrified on the pronunciation that I'm absolutely going to butcher. My family comes out of the Netherlands, but my pronunciation comes straight out of Southern Ontario. So here we go. Roxette is a band that when you look at their greatest hits, you realize that Bill and Frank will have to at least do four more of their songs. Oh my goodness. They had this huge run in the late 80s, early 90s. And everything that they they put out was just, it was a banger. Mm-hmm. So, Roxette features... Okay, I'm going to try the first one. Per Gessla? I think so, yeah. Okay, now he is the main songwriter. So, main songwriter and uh, like sort of instrumentalist of right. the band. Right, And then Roxette is also... Uh, Marie Fredrickson. Right, and she is the powerhouse vocalist. Yeah. Occasional uh, songwriter as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in jumping through through their history, they met in Halmstad, Sweden in the late uh, 70s. And they both had their own uh, careers going on uh, prior to starting Roxette. So, Per fronted a band, which was one of Sweden's biggest at the time. And this is going to be awesome. Gillian Tider as I just alienated all of our Swedish listeners. So he he fronted that band, and uh, Marie Fredriksson, she was with a less successful band called Strul and Mama's Barn, which translates to Mama's Children. Okay, and apparently, according to Per, he was on the way down, mm-hmm. and she was on the way up. Yep. So he was able to convince her to do some songs with him, yep. and this is how Roxette is born. Yeah, I, I I read somewhere that uh, a rep at EMI actually put them together by the name of Rolf Nygren. Uh, and he said, I remember that Parr had written a damn good song and thought that Parr and Murray would fit in as Parr writes great music and Marie can sing the phone book and get it to sound good. Of course, I'm a bit proud of the idea of putting Roxette together. Fair enough. I mean... Roxette, by the time they came to us, I think it must have been their maybe third album? I think it was their second album. Their second album. Second Um, album, okay. Yep. And that album was huge, 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 at least for our part of our lives. We were pretty young when it came out, so I think it was 88, 89? 88, yeah. Yeah, so we're still in grade five or six. Yeah, and that was was Look Sharp, and that had uh, Listen to Your Heart and uh, The Look on it. And Dress for Success, personal favorite of mine. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. But then this song comes out, which we're featuring today. Yeah. 
must have been love, which was featured in the Pretty Woman soundtrack. It must have been. It's not on any of their studio albums. Right. Uh, no, sorry. It is. No, no, because it was, sorry, the song, because it was originally written in 1987. And released in 1987. Yeah, as, and, a, as a Christmas song. Yeah, so the original title was Must Have Been Love, bracket, Christmas for the Brokenhearted. Yeah. Close bracket. So, <laughs> and it, it is funny, too, because uh, the reps at EMI said, we want you to write an intelligent Christmas song. Right. And the main goal was to get some German airplay. They yeah. wanted German airplay. And they said, well, if you give a Christmas song, maybe it'll get played in Germany. So he writes this, quote unquote, intelligent Christmas song. The kind of joke about it is, if you think about the song, you, you could just place the word Christmas, which is what they did in one line, and yeah. it becomes a Christmas song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it works... For all seasons. Mm -hmm. Depression works for all seasons, Frank. It's it's a Christmas breakup song. Oh, it's so sad. The one article I read said it, it works because there's nothing more depressing than being broken up with at the holidays. Oh, my goodness. And so this goes... Sorry, have, have you ever been broken up with during the holidays? I always broke up with people in October, November. Oh, okay. Always. Like, a, almost like a... Is the word pathology to my dating? Does that sound right or... Does that sound like I'm being too hard on myself? Well, it's uh, it's a pattern that became a habit, right? I guess so. I mean, it's certainly like the stats certainly bear that Bill Hauser doesn't like giving Christmas gifts or he can't handle relationships, which are all true. And I'm, I'm going to dive into that a bit later. Yeah. About my own depressed mess. Oh, okay. So, well played. Um, yeah, thank you. So this song goes to number four in Sorry, Sweden. I wanted to talk about my turkey dump. Yeah, yeah. Did you get dropped on? I got, I got a turkey drop once, yeah. Isn't turkey drop Thanksgiving? Yeah. Okay. That's not, a holiday, right? It is, but so. I was just thinking you might have been a Christmas turkey drop. But. No, no, I got, I got turkey dropped one, uh, one time. Because it was right at the beginning of the uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and I had to go like to my family things, and I'm a relatively private person, so... You know, I, I didn't have the girl that I was seeing around family because it was it was pretty young and, and new and, and all of that. But still, you have to be like friendly around your family and everything. And you're just like, oh, I'm so heartbroken right now. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to really soothe the brokenhearted. And during a, um, a holiday, it's just all the worst. So maybe this song really is apt for Christmas time. But it's yeah. just so, it's just so sad. Oh, I know. So it it does well in Sweden. Goes to number four. Yeah, Germany doesn't play it at all. Doesn't oh, even I put it. I don't think they played no, they it didn't at even all. Release it, right? No, it didn't get released. And that was that was the big plan for the song. Like they wrote it specifically to get released in Germany. Right. And so we don't hear it, of course, because eighty-seven. And it had me thinking about nineteen eighty-seven. If this were to come out, it just doesn't feel like it fits the music of nineteen eighty-seven. And and it's funny, too, because the song comes out internationally in 1990, so three years later. So pop music has changed dramatically but this in, fits. in those three years. Yeah, and, and it fits 
it fits in 1990, but you know, the I, I found Scandinavian countries are always ahead at the time. Yeah. Like, you know, geopolitically and uh, you know, in terms of environment and technology and all that other sort of all that other sort of fun stuff there seem to be ahead of North America. So if we were wise, we'd start listening to Swedish music now, so we'd be totally hip to the scene in 2025. I'm into a lot of Finnish death metal right now, so I, I feel it's really going to break through. <laughs> uh, all right. We know we're going to talk about Roxette for many episodes to come. Yep. I feel comfortable just diving right into this song. Right into the song, yeah. I think so. So Look Sharp comes out in North America. Like It just goes huge huge Mm -hmm. like it feels like i guess emi was all behind it if emi was the thing here but when the look came out i remember when the look was put on much music or whatever whatever we were watching and it just got played like crazy yeah and everyone loved it yeah it felt vaguely dangerous it did which is a great single too yeah that album did we talk about that yet no so the the look seemed really dark and that i'm pretty sure i wasn't allowed to listen to it but i listened to it and then they release like dress for success and then listen to your heart and then dangerous and so that would have lasted for at least a year or two of singles being released and then this comes out now the whole story behind this is that Per, I really apologize to our Swedish listeners that I'm going to keep changing how I pronounce his name because I want to say Per and try to roll my R's, which I know I can't. I apologize to my Scottish uh, relatives that I'm not pulling this off. But he was in a a lunch meeting with executives who wanted him to put a song on the soundtrack. And he said, we're too busy touring. for, For Pretty Woman, yeah. Yeah, we're too busy touring. We don't have anything ready. And they said, well, we're looking for like a love theme or something. He goes, well, I do have a song. It was a Christmas song, but I can change it. I read that they just sent off like a bunch of back catalog stuff and demos and, and, and like basically just like, I don't have time. Just just pick something out of this mess if oh, you really? want to. Okay. That's what I heard. Okay. Well, what I heard from the documentary on the making of the song was that he chose this song specifically. specifically. Yeah. Okay, so you're telling me that the internet lied to me. Yeah, I think you're, you've followed the bad rabbit hole. Maybe a snake pit. Well, this is the last time I do my research on 4chan. <laughs> so, I mean, when you listen to the song and the original, if you want to even call it the original, yeah. it's the same. It's so it's similar. exactly the same. Where I have to give credit to Marie for giving the nearly identical vocal three years later because she had to change the word Christmas to winter. I thought that they just kept everything and they just changed that one word in Wow, that's a great editing job yeah. then. Did you do the editing? Because you do a great job on this podcast. Now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a whole So, th- it sounds so identical. They claim they took out, like, bells from the beginning, but yeah. the bells are barely noticeable. Oh, yeah. They, they could have kept them, and it, it wouldn't yeah. have made a difference to the song. It's about 15 seconds shorter, and yeah. there's slight variations in production. 
I mean, so the version on Pretty Woman is the better version, no mm-hmm. question. Yeah. And when it was put out, they didn't really think much about it. And Gary Marshall, who directed Pretty Woman, actually called Para. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Sorry. Car. <laughs> called him up yeah. and said, hey, we're going to feature this in the movie. And we're actually not going to have it in the background, but at the forefront of the, whatever we're doing. Yeah. So that you'll just hear the song. And apparently... Para was like, oh, this stinks. They only put, like, one of the verses in. They didn't put the whole song. Yeah, they, like, they played, like, a minute of it. And yeah. he was a little, just like, I thought they were going to, you know, make the whole movie around this song. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen the movie. You have. Yes. This is when they kind of break up? Yeah. So, it's it's after, um, yeah, there's a lot of drama that goes on. and Does it involve George Costanza? Uh, that That's part of it, yeah. Okay. All right. And then Julia Roberts is leaving Beverly Hills and back to uh, uh, her apartment in L.A. And, you know, they're broken up because they found something and then it just, you know, must have been love, but it's over now. Right. Okay. I want to ask you all about the plot of the movie, but we have already gone through this in a previous episode. Yeah. And also, if you want to know the plot of uh, Pretty Woman, listen to our Go West episode, King of Wishful Thinking. Yeah. And you'd think I would have watched the movie as research for this. I just didn't. So, sorry. But that'll come up later, I think, in one of our categories. All right. Song proper. It opens with such a recognizable drum machine beat of that time. And I say of the time, even though it was 87, but there's that sound. And as soon as you hear the drum beat, there's a lot of songs that do this. Yes. But immediately brings these feelings of sort of heartache as well like we were well poised at the tender age of 14 or 15 to take this all in yeah well i guess 13 13 yeah yeah. okay even worse yeah i didn't even know what love was but i already realized it was over (laughs) (laughs) i knew the end of love before i even knew what love was yeah oh man So they open with the lines, must have been love, but it's over now. And you actually get to hear Paris sing. Yeah. And he only really, you only really get to hear him twice. I think it's at the very beginning and the very end. Yeah. And he, he harmonizes in there. Yeah. But, but I mean, the star of the show is obviously Marie's vocals. Oh, my goodness. It's incredible. And so coming into that, that first verse, mm-hmm. lyrics are great. I, I, I mean, and this is written by, and sometimes I get judgy. Which is totally unfair because I'm not a good songwriter at all. Yeah. The real songwriter, of course, is the other half of our duo here. But when people are writing a song and their language, their first language is in English, and it can make really fascinating songs. Yeah. Sometimes it can go bad, but sometimes it goes even better because they're able to sort of play with words in really unique ways. And and I find that they're being a little more earnest in their in their meaning. Um the one article I read though said you could tell this was written by someone whose first language isn't English because 
it almost borderlines on nonsensical at times. I'm just like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I I read through the lyrics. I I think they're beautiful too. Totally. And you know what? It's Sweden. Let's yeah. be honest. Sweden, they speak multiple languages. Oh yeah. And yeah. Sweden's really the Swedish is really tough too. Well, Scandinavian languages are, are really difficult. So I can't say enough about countries that speak a super difficult language. Then they learn English. They'll learn yeah. another language too, where we're barely yeah, able to we're pass in, it French. In North America, like we don't talk good English. <laughs> no. So I think he knows his English well. I just think he can play with it. And I I, I don't find that in the song. So that opening verse. Lay a whisper on my pillow. Leave the winter on the ground. I wake up lonely. This air of silence in the bedroom and all around. Lay a whisper on my pillow. Leave the winter on the ground. I wake up lonely. This air of silence in the bedroom. Come on, you tell me that's not yeah, that, that's, uh, that's not, nonsensical. Yeah, that's not nonsensical. Like it's that's, pain- it's sensical. Yeah, that was a double negative. Yeah, so it's a sensical song. Yeah, I know this is going to be a downer episode and everything because it's a breakup song, but uh, it just it, it paints that sort of solemn picture, and I think that it does a really good job of it. When she sings "Bedroom," you can hear the ache in her voice. Yeah, it's incredible Mm -hmm. like that's just to start the song as soon as you hear her sing bedroom you can feel the pain of being alone on whatever day it is i mean in the original song is christmas but in winter where you want to be warm or you're just any day because in sweden get cold a lot too because it's so far north is it are you are you thinking switzerland no sweden's more north than switzerland is it Oh, wow. Don't quote me on that. No, don't quote me on that. <laughs> because part You're of- You're right. I've always got this wrong. Sweden is up there. Yeah. Oh, wow. It is cold. Yeah. I'd love to go to Sweden. I went to Finland, which is where I got into all that Finnish death metal. Yeah. But and you uh, ate that broaded shark? Was that- No, that Finland? was in Iceland. Okay. Yeah. But uh, no, the beautiful countryside. I, I have a real big thing for Scandinavian countries. So I like how economical this song is. I like how economical her voice is at this because Marie Fredrickson has this powerhouse voice. Like it just booms, but she's so reserved That's when she's singing call. right here. And um, like she doesn't over dramatize it. And like you said, you feel the ache when she says bedroom, you just like your heart breaks right oh, there. Yeah. And then it heads into that chorus. You got the pre chorus of Touch Me Now, I Close My Eyes and Dream Away. This song is so much about being caught up in your own head and yeah. feeling all of the loneliness and sadness. And but it's also this idea of like dreaming of the what was, but when you listen to it you realize it can never be. It's so painful. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been love, but it's over now. It must have been good, but I lost it somehow. It must have been love, but it's over now from the moment we touched till the time had run out. That's such a heartbreaking line. Oh, yeah. It just has me, even just reading it, because I have it in front of me on paper, I went I went for an analog yeah. approach here. But when I see that, it has me thinking about 
and the summer nights by richard marks oh, okay the idea that time's running out yeah but there's also the sense that when you're in something so good and i mean i'm not sure what the person's thinking but when when you're in something so good you don't know what it is and it's love and you don't even know what it is until it's over you don't yeah yeah oh, yeah oh wow and that there's just so much regret in that just like oh i had so much and now yeah. it's all gone and just like just absolutely crushed yeah touch me now i close my eyes and dream away it must have been The song speaks my language. Uh, me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. How is that uh, being crushed by having a loving wife and uh, family and everything? Well, here's the thing. I broke up with her in 2004. That's right. And it wasn't probably until Christmas where I realized what I had done and what I lost and that it was in my head was impossible to come back to. And that was the de- most depressing thing to me. I think I actually launched into... I was not like in a year-long depression. <laughs> it was, not that it's funny, but if I laugh, <laughs> I can feel better about how horrible that time was. But I remember I did that. And so it took, well, I broke up with Ashley in 2004. It took six years. Oh, it took seven years, which is fairly sort of biblical, I guess, to finally try to even make that leap to, to think I could even make an attempt to get her back. Yeah. Whatever that is. and And so... All those years, I just felt this sort of aching pain of yeah. this. And so, this song makes me think about that time. Yeah. It was all my fault. Oh, my goodness. Well, this is a... Uh, you had your rocks at moment for seven years, but then it came back. It did come back. So, that'll be a different episode. Yeah. But let, let's like let's live in the misery. <laughs> <laughs> let's get depressing here. The second verse is my uh, favorite verse, actually. And it says, Make believing we're together that I'm sheltered by your heart. But in and outside, I turn to water like a teardrop in your palm. And it's a hard winter's day I dream away. In the hard winter day, that's in the original song. It was it's a hard Christmas day, which oh, yeah. made it a Christmas song. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I have to just like the person who said it was nonsensical. They can just get lost. Yeah, make believing we're together. It makes so much sense oh. when you've when you've lost something. Yeah, and then that that I'm sheltered by your heart speaks to what a great relationship can be, 
and then the line, but in and outside, it turned to water. So that idea of you're just, you can't even hold yourself together. Mm-hmm. And then the teardrop in your palm is just, well, whatever it means. I yeah. feel it. I get it. The imagery is there. You you don't have to know what, what it means exactly to know what it makes you feel. Yeah. Side note, want to talk about bad lyrics? Every teardrop is a waterfall by Coldplay. That's a stinker. And <laughs> that guy's got English. That guy's not only has English as his first language, he's from England. Yeah, his country invented English. It's a stinker. So you want <laughs> you want a good teardrop? This one. Or yeah. teardrops by Katie Lang and and uh, Elton John, which is a oh, cover. Yeah. That's a whole other story. Yeah, yeah. But it is a hard winter's day. And I love that. I think it works better than even Christmas Day because it's yeah. just like, hey, listen, you can go at least see your family and have turkey dinner. Do you know how difficult it is when you break up with someone to <laughs> see your family? Well, when everyone else is happy yeah. and you're sad? Yeah. Man, it's like a Jim Croce song <laughs> about Christmas. Well, we got so much to cover. Oh, geez. But like a February day is even worse. Yeah. Oh, man. And then it goes, of course, into the chorus from there. And from there, it was like... um well, what was the line here? Oh, because it goes, it's just different. This, yeah, it's this slightly line. different. The The last two last two lines, and these lines I, I find are beautifully symbolic. Yeah. So, yeah, it goes, in, it goes into the chorus. It must have been love, but it's over now. It's all that I wanted. Now I'm living without, which is beautiful in the sadness of it. It's all that I wanted, and now I'm living without. And there's that realization. It's just like, ugh, this is soul crushing. It must have been love, but it's over now. It's where the water flows, it's where the wind blows. And the idea that, you know, and, and in my mind, this is this is how I see it. It's like, you put your love in the water, you put your love in the air, and it just takes it. That's where it's gone to. Oh, it's go- and it, it takes it away yeah. from you. Water flows into the ocean, and it flows to other things. Somehow it becomes fresh water. I don't know how that works. Is there like a filter? Uh, like a like a Are you talking like filter? the whole evaporation thing? No, I mean, so you got the water. So let's yeah. say you're in Sweden yeah. and you send your love into the water. Yeah. It goes across the Atlantic to the St. Lawrence Seaway yeah. and turns into fresh water. I don't know how that works. This is the fresh water. It's got, it's got to happen somehow. No, because you always flow to the larger body of water. So it's it's flowing from the lakes into the ocean. Okay. So then the ocean, does it go down some tube at the bottom of the ocean and then goes up into why are the we lakes? talking about desalination of water here bill because why are you trying to desalinate this love i want to desalinate love so it is drinkable again <laughs> but when it's full of salt this is all the wounds we're feeling and all the pain you're feeling is the salt water <laughs> of an ended love frank not endless ended <laughs> oh my heart will it go on <laughs> Okay. How many songs have you referenced in the last like My five lines? Our whole lives are built around these songs. Oh, I know. And dear listener, I know your life is around this song. And even if you're in a happy place, this song will take you to those memories that just are so painful. Yeah. I love this song still. We want to live in your pain. That's right. It must have been.
after that news type of chorus, yeah. it goes into, and so I'm just going to um, skip it. We're just going to go straight to it. This is my favorite. When I ask okay. you what your favorite part, this is my favorite because part. Because there is that musical bridge, which That's I my also really, part. really love. Yeah. yeah. Because that musical bridge has like, it's the instrumental break, yeah. but it has like both synth going on, but then the keyboard, I got written down here, sloppy keyboard. <laughs> Which I love. It's, it's I don't know if it's sloppy, but it sounds like he's just banging it with his hands because yeah. he's so sad. Yeah. And so maybe it's like chords that are maybe slightly dissonant or he's really just missing keys. But it works perfectly because it's this, this sadness goes with just like, I'm just going to bang a bunch of keys. And it creates this feeling mm. of resignation. Yeah. And regret. Yeah. But resignation is in there in the way, at least in the way I hear it. Oh, it's so good. Well, yeah. And, and it's funny that you said sloppy because like, yeah, it's it's messy. So, and, and this person's a mess, right? So, it, there's this great uh, symbolism that's going on with the sounds there. And then your favorite part, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> was there any doubt that no, this was my favorite no, no, no. part? So I watched the official video for the song, which isn't. Uh, we we well, we can talk about that a bit later. But I watched the video for the original, the Christmas version, and then it, it's uh, Marie and Parr are sitting on a couch uh, singing the song. But then this part comes on, and she's been really reserved. And like I said powerhouse voice she's been really reserved the whole time the whole song and just like kind of internalizing maybe that uh that that pain or whatever but when this part comes on and she just goes for it she belts this out but in the video she stands up and she's singing and there's so much emotion like she's doing like the clenched fist and she's like almost doubling over and you just feel so much pain yeah. because it's just like i've been dealing with this like you know i'm sad i'm sad i'm sad but this is like angry sad and it's just oh wow the imagery is just unbelievable and and you feel in every single syllable that she sings you it's just it it's gut-wrenching catharsis yes and you need that sometimes you need that good yell and that's exactly what she's doing with the song maybe this is it in a guilt-free pleasure song about brokenheartedness it needs that giant moment of catharsis at least that's what we're looking for that's what we're here for Yeah, there was no doubt that was my favorite yeah. part. It's so dramatic. And then it comes to that kind of ending that repeats the beginning where the lines are, no, 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 it must have been love, but it's over now. 
And so that's how it begins. And you hear the, the both male and female vocalists going there and you can finally hear it. But it's succinct enough. What is it? Four minutes and a bit in this version, four minutes, 14 seconds. Yeah. I think the Christmas version is half a minute longer. Yeah. But this is the better one. Yeah. It's more succinct. It does the job and it just makes you feel all the feels. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm exhausted. I, I am exhausted. I was just like, I didn't think I'd go back to 2004. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's healthy. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. good, right? Like you've you've lived it. You've experienced it. You've you came out on top, Bill. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. One of us came out. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I saw that coming. All right. Okay. So uh, the music video. There's two. There's one that was on like a from 1987. It was on one of their talk shows or something yeah. or one of the and it's just them sitting on a couch yeah and that that was for the christmas version yeah. right so there's not a whole lot yeah. there but again when she stands up and sings and it's just it's very simple but at the same time that's a very very powerful moment oh yeah and then there's the pretty woman video yeah what i liked about it was that they had the film on these like bed sheets yeah and then they could yank the bed sheet away and then suddenly the film disappeared yeah. because I guess it was projecting somewhere in the distance. Yeah. That was pretty effective yeah. to me as yeah. the idea of love being taken away or something could yeah. be lost. So I remember watching it and thinking just a couple of days ago, wow, that's super effective. And I imagine the video director must have had an idea in his head yeah. where he could do this. And it worked so well. It was and so I, sad. And I didn't even think about that. That imagery would resemble what it like to take love away. Is represemble a word? No, that's why I've gone quiet. <laughs> this song was number one forever in the summer, at least from what I feel like I remember. It was actually only number one for two weeks. No way. But there was so much out that uh, that year in 1990, but it was all over the place. Okay, I, I need to figure this out because I think it was the number three song on the for the year. Number two. Number two. Number okay, two. what was number one? Hold On by Wilson Phillips. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. Kudos. Yeah. You, I mean, you're going to lose, lose to Wilson Phillips. Yeah. I don't remember what number three was. I don't care what number I don't care, but one, two. So, even if it's only on for two weeks, that means it mm -hmm. held at number two forever. It held on for number two, I think, like four weeks or something like oh, that. Oh, incredible. So, it was probably a number two before, like just right before and right after kind of a thing. And this is an ongoing theme for us, that it doesn't need to be number one to be special. No. It just has to stick in your heart yeah. oh, forever. Yeah, this 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 is like stabbed into my heart. I know. I was thinking when I said stick, I was thinking of a knife yeah. with a heart on it. Yeah. So Roxette released a couple versions of this. Yes. We have the Christmas version, the yep. original. We have this version. There's the L.A. version. The L.A. country version. Right. That was originally put on this album where it, they act as though it was live because it yep. opens with her 
singing with the crowd this song yes. and then this this LA version comes on but they re-released this with the pretty woman soundtrack a few years ago when they had a, a like an EP or digital EP of it must have been love all the yep. versions okay and then you find the LA version on there without any background oh, okay. of a live audience and you yeah. realize it was just done in the studio and they created a fake live oh, okay yeah 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 it must have been So, and then there's a live version from the late 90s that was pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah. But they also did a Spanish version oh, okay. of this song. Now, this one is really interesting to me because in the Spanish version, they had someone write the lyrics, but the lyrics aren't transliterated. They're oh, okay. different. Oh, really? So, I texted our good friend Jason, but he did not respond in a timely fashion. And you know, when you look on Facebook where you send someone a message. And you see if they've read it. And he read it like an hour and a half ago and didn't even bother to respond to us. So, sorry, Jason, I'm going to have to look at my Google Translate, Google Translate version. Lyrics. So, let me just read you some of the lyrics here in English from the Spanish. Yeah. Actually, I'll play the Spanish version here a little bit and then, and then I'll read you some lyrics. Mm-hmm. Here's the Google Translate version. Is how love... But I do not know, tastes like kisses, my pillow, early morning, and he is not, lonely, in my bed. If he loves me, why do you leave? Why do you leave? Is love? It is not love. I do not know. Was that written by like a Spanish caveman? Or? I think Google Translate destroys all nuance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But basically, it's this, the, the relationship's not over. It's just like, what is this? Is this love? And when I'm without him, I feel this. So at least it's slightly happier. Yeah. I think. Because they have lines like, always together, him with no one, me with him. And it escapes me. Like, all right. Yeah. I should have learned this language. I did a really great mark in first year Spanish in university. Yeah. Not so much in second year? Not so much in real life. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Categories? Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. I made up a category here. Okay. And so, if you didn't watch Pretty Woman, what other movies or TV shows could use this song? So, if you want to think of any, I know it's tough putting people on the spot like I'm doing to you now, <laughs> but if you have one, you can say it. Well, it, it's it's kind of anything that has a, like a lovelorn character that, that's getting broken up with. Yeah. And I, I'm going to embarrass myself here a little bit more so than I have in every single other episode. Um, I really liked Ally McBeal 
Oh yeah. When when the show was out. And part of the charm about it was she never got the guy. Didn't he die in one of the episodes? Yeah, well, well there's that. Spoiler alert. But she wasn't with him. He was her ex from from law school and oh. married to another another character on the show. Oh. Anyways, when when she ended up with a guy, like the episode is just like okay, like not that I I want to watch her in pain or anything, uh, but like there's a quirky funness about it and always looking for love and 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 all of that. But like a, a show like that where the main character is always looking for love and never quite getting and and I guess that's a lot of shows and they have the big reveal at the end where they they finally meet someone and they're they're together in the final season when it goes off the rails and and they eventually gets canceled or whatever. But like a, any show like that, any show or any movie like that where there's like a tragic breakup, yeah. Well, I got some shows here. Okay. Ready? I got Brenda and Dylan. Barely Hills oh, 920. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I also have um, Daniel's son and Elizabeth Shue. Whatever happened between Cry Kid and Cry Kid Part 2. Yeah. Because they broke up. Yeah. I also have Jane and Michael and Melrose Place. <laughs> when he cheated on her. Well, that no good dirty doctor. He's no good dirty doctor. Yeah, exactly. And he just, uh, I mean, it's, oh, and that was over, over. Yeah. I yeah. guess they did, get, I was just reading up, they did get remarried and then they broke up again. Oh, okay. The show. I also was thinking of Notting Hill kind of worked. Yeah. And even Jerry Maguire had some of that. Yeah. Where they were going to get back together. I had a bit of a left field one here, but the Macho Man Elizabeth Hogan love triangle. <laughs> but even worse, I know this is not, I don't know if this is speaking to our base at all. It wasn't even a love triangle because Hulk Hogan was never somebody who seemed to be capable of love in this sort of physical sense that he only had buddies and friends because he was too busy fighting for... Well, for America. America, right? Yeah. So even with Elizabeth... He was just a buddy, but Macho Man was jealous of him. But Elizabeth and Hulk Hogan could never be a thing because Hogan would always be just fighting for us. Yeah. And he wasn't able to settle down. Yeah. And you can hear more about this on our wrestling podcast. Yeah. I could also talk about George the Animal Steel and WrestleMania too, but I think it's yeah. I think I've gone too far. <laughs> would you like to talk about mixtapes? Oh my goodness. Um I have like a 15 song mixtape here. <laughs> you might as well just start. No, 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 no. You you go cuz you might you might knock a couple of these off and it might whittle me down to, you know, 12. All right, so my mixtape, I tried to focus on basically the theme of the song, which is love is lost and mm -hmm. you feel it. So I have a lot written here, but I'm going to cut things out as I think through it cuz some of them I've already brought up before yeah so peter satara even a fool can see okay where he recognizes it's over or everyone else does and he doesn't or he should because he's a fool or a fool could see it in peter satara feels like a fool yes all right future episode you're not here by ashley st pierre a song about a breakup <laughs> Is that song about you? It is about me, and it's not available yet on any major. Um, Somehow we're service. gonna get a link to it. Yeah, well, at some point I'm gonna figure out how to do that. 
Every Day by Phil Collins. Oh, kill me. And then I'm just going to end it here. I had more Genesis songs. I'm like, okay. just stop it, Bill. Stop it. Love Takes Time, Mariah Carey. Oh, good call. That yeah. almost made it on my list. Yeah. So that one just has it. And early Mariah Carey, which yeah. is like first oh, album yeah. where yeah. we're not going, you know, yeah, over full, the top. Full diva, right? Yeah. Even though she deserved to be full diva at that point. Too. Yeah. Um. So I went like classic breakup songs. Okay. So uh, in no particular order, this is just the order I wrote them down in. Unbreak My Heart, Tony Braxton. Ooh, good call. Nothing Compares to You, Sinead O'Connor. Always On My Mind, Willie Nelson. I know they're, you know, Elvis did it first, but uh, the Willie Nelson version is just, yeah, there's something heartbreaking about it. Ain't No Sunshine, Bill Withers. Crying, Roy Orbison. End of the Road, Boys to Men. The Tracks of My Tears, Smokey Robinson. These are all like, Classic breakups, right? How can you mend a broken heart? Al Green. Without you, Harry Nilsson. Bit of a dark horse here, but uh, hey, that's no way to say goodbye. Leonard Cohen. And this is how we end it. I Can't Make You Love Me by Bonnie Raitt. Oh, wow. This is the most depressing mixtape ever. It is. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to have this mixtape out. And Frank brought everything to the table here. <laughs> Left nothing off the table, so to speak. I, I speak from experience. Yeah. yeah. I'm also going to put a link to my own Depressmas mix. So if you're listening to this around Christmas time, I've made a... A depressing Christmas songs? Yeah. They're all depressing Christmas songs. So Do you I have the Cat it. Carol on it by uh, uh, Miriam Cadell? Does the cat die in it? Yeah, Saving a Mouse. Oh, that's awful. I know that song. I want to talk about that song. (laughs) They made the cat into a constellation at the end. Oh, that's awful. You know what? I'm going to put this... (laughs) You got so angry. I do. You know know what gets me angry is like reading Greek mythology and like, ah, yeah, this guy got killed, so we made him into a constellation. Like, that sucks. It sucks to be a constellation. I want to be alive. Send me to heaven, but don't put me in the sky Look at those three dots, and that makes me Orion. All right, uh, classic category. I want to shift it up a bit. Could Michael Bolton sing this? Of course he could. Yes. Could Michael Bolton and Celine Dion do a duet? Like Roxette, but with Bolton, Celine Dion. So the one article I read said that this song could not be sung by the likes of a Celine Dion, which I disagree with. Yeah, I think Celine Dion doing this with Michael Bolton incapable of allowing her just to do the vocals. I feel like he would just jump in. I I think think the studio would turn into a war zone. It would be fantastic. Oh, it would be great. Yeah. That's a reality show. Yeah. So I I imagine this as a reality show between Michael Bolton and Celine Dion. Yep. Uh, a category you brought up in the past. What's that? What part are you going to sing out loud while you're driving? Well, it's definitely the chorus. Yep. But it's the dramatic chorus. Right. 
Because like when I'm singing this, the windows are down and I'm top of my lungs and my voice is cracking and it just sounds terrible, but it sounds beautiful. See, I'm going to do like the opposite. I could see myself singing verses, especially the second verse. And then I could see myself singing the background parts. Oh, okay. Along with it. So I feel like I have moved into the background singer mode knowing I won't hit those vocals like she does. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to go for, it must have been love. And then she sings it. And then I say, it's over now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think I'm going to be doing. Our our friend Jade described my singing style as uh, strong but wrong. That seems fitting. I know this is a bit of a depressing song and everything, but it has been a lot of fun to to speak about a song that we love. And uh, I know that it must have been love, but it's over now. I can't believe we're ending like that. That's super depressing. (laughs) But there's always a chance that it's going to find its way back. I just, I just couldn't handle ending on that note. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. No, I don't I don't blame you. No, Thank you for listening to Bill and Frank's Guilt Free Pleasures. <laughs>